Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. We've been in this series called Vision, and what we've been doing is talking about from the scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, where we walk by faith but not by sight. The concept of we we don't walk by our natural eyes. We don't have vision with our natural sight, but we walk by faith. Our vision comes from our faith in in Christ and what he can do in us and through us. And so we don't look at our circumstances and say it is what it is. No, we look at our circumstances and we say we know what it could be with Christ. Amen? Amen. And what he can do in our lives. And so today I want to talk to you from the talk to you from the topic if you're taking notes. Um, I want to talk to you about the title, Looking Back to See Ahead. Looking Back to See Ahead. And that kind of is an oxymoron. You're like, well, how do you do that? Well, it's important in the scripture we see it as well, and we'll talk about it in a minute, but it's important to take moments and remember all that God has done. Because when we remember all that God has done, it helps us to continue to trust him for what is to come. And if we forget, if we ever forget what God has done will then forget to trust him for what he can do. Does that make sense? And so it's important to take moments where we stop and say, okay, let's look back. And that's what we're going to do today. Uh, you may be just joining us or you may be a part of our church for just a couple of weeks and you may say, I could care less about how this church came to be, but that's okay. I'm going to tell you the story anyway. And so we're going to look back at some things God has done in our church in the last five years. Um, but also we're going to talk about the scripture in Joshua where Moses passes away and God calls Joshua now to get up, it says, he tells him, he says, and go and cross the Jordan River because he's bringing the Israelites into the promised land. And so what happens is as they get up and they cross the river, the Jordan River, God opens the, the waters and allows, it to, allows the waters to dry up. And what happens is Joshua then says, I want to uh, set up a monument, 12 stones. The scripture says one for each tribe. He said, I want to set that monument up so that people that will see it from now on will know what God has done. I want to show it to you in Joshua chapter 4 and verse 4. It says, Joshua called together the 12 men that he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. He told him, go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God, and each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder. Twelve stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask, what do these stones mean? And then you could tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. It's an opportunity for us and for those that come after us to be able to stop and see these stones, Joshua says. And when we do, we'll always remember what God had done. And so I got some stones up here. It's more like bricks, but it's okay. We're going to act like they're stones. And I have 10 of them. I don't have 12 of them. One of the reasons why is because if I did 12 points, we'd be here till 4 p.m. But I have 10 stones and uh, 10 uh, rocks. And I want to talk about some different things that God has done that I see in the scripture and with Joshua, but he also has done in our church. In Joshua chapter one in verse one, the scripture says, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun. He spoke to Joshua. One of the greatest memorials that we always want to remember, one of the greatest things is that we always remember that God speaks to us. 
He speaks to us. And so this is what's incredible. We serve a God who is not dead, who is not far, who is not non-existent, but we serve a God who is alive and he speaks to you and I personally. I'll never forget. I was working as a youth pastor. I thought I'd be a youth pastor for life. You know, with my bleach blonde hair, I was super cool with my ripped jeans. And I just thought I'm going to be a youth pastor forever. And I'll never forget when God spoke to my heart. And I, I felt like he started telling me that he wanted me to plant a church. And so I prayed on it and I began to seek the Lord about it. And then I went and talked to Ashley about it. I asked, I remember, I'll never forget, we were pulling out of a restaurant, restaurant parking lot. And I said, would you ever see us, could you ever see us planning a church? And Ashley's response was, sure. And I'll never forget, we began to pray together. For, for about six months, we prayed. This was in late 2015. We prayed, and we really started feeling like God was calling us to plant a church. And so what we did was we said, okay, this is, this is what we're going to do. We're going to start to seek the Lord in his right timing and what he, he has for us. But it's incredible. The reason why I tell you this and we remember this is because if he spoke to us once, he'll speak again. He doesn't stop speaking to each one of us. And so for you personally, and it's the same thing, you're like, oh, well, you're the pastor, so God has to speak to me. No, God speaks to all of us individually. This is why it's a personal relationship with him, that we get the privilege to be able to hear the voice of God, the God who spoke, his words spoke life into existence, now speaks to you and I. All we have to do is be willing to listen. And so it's an incredible opportunity we get to hear his voice. And then the scripture says in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now for go over, to, over this Jordan, you and all this people, and into the land I am giving them to the people of Israel. He says, hey, I want you to know Moses passed away. Okay, now I want you to get up. He says, arise. I want you to go over the Jordan. I want you to go. And he sent them. And so it's an, this is an incredible opportunity for us to remember. Another memorial, another thing to remember and be excited about is that God sends us, okay? I'm going to stack these without trying to hurt myself. You know what I'm saying? But we'll see how it is. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm not the greatest Jenga player, but it's okay. We'll, we'll figure it out. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Okay, good. Did I just break the table? That's all right. Okay, it's good. And so he sends us. And so I'll never forget when we were uh, planning this church, we, uh, we, we knew that God was sending us. And here's what oftentimes I saw my friends who were in ministry or went to school with me, what oftentimes people would do. They would oftentimes go and ask God to bless it. And I knew in my heart and also what Joshua was doing here, I didn't want to just go somewhere or do something and ask God to bless it. I want to find what God is blessing and I want to go there. See, we oftentimes, we can get caught up in things that we want. You can want a new job, or you can want a different career path, or you can want a different education, or you can want a certain person to be your spouse, or whatever. And we can just go and do, and then we're asking God, well, come and bless it, because I'm wanting to do this. Well, I love Joshua. He says, get up. Moses, God tells him, Joshua, get up. And he says, go over to the Jordan. Go over it. He's given him a specific place to go. That's where God is blessing. And so now I want you to go to that. And this is how God sends us. And this is what he did as we were sent to plant experience church. Here's the incredible thing about being sent to experience church. Oftentimes, 
Ashley and I get the credit, like, oh, well, you moved to Tallahassee, and oh, well, you, you guys came, and you, you sold everything. Came. Yeah, we did, but I love it because God didn't just send us. He sent you. That's what the body of Christ is. The body of Christ is not the pastor. The body of Christ is us, and he sends all of us to connect. Why? Just like we talked about last week, to connect so that we can show and create the perfect, beautiful picture of Jesus. And so he didn't just send me to this church. He sent you to this church. And I'm so grateful for all those who have connected to our church and serve in our church. Why? So that we can continue to show people the love of Jesus. Amen, somebody. Come on, y'all supposed to be the awake crowd. You know what I'm saying? I love it. He sends us. And then the scripture says in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 5 that no one will be able to stand against, against you uh, all the days of your life. I was with Moses and so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. I will never leave you and never forsake you. He speaks to us. He sends us, but he's also with us. Come on, somebody, you know what I'm saying? He's with us. And so he's with us. And here's the incredible thing about when God is with us. When God is with us, we know he'll, he'll take care of us. He's not some far away God. He's not some God that's saying, okay, I'll just let you go do what you need to do and then give me a shout and call, or call me or text me when you need me. No, he's with us and he walks with us daily. And he, the Holy Spirit is here, God on earth, walking with us, encouraging us and strengthening us and challenging us and helping us to be the people that God has called us to be. The story with Moses He's being called to free the Israelites from Egypt, to lead the people out of Egypt. And it's been one of the scriptures and really one of the things that I've been, I've been praying long before we planted this church. And Moses says, God tells him to go and do it. And Moses says, if you yourself don't go with us, don't send me. And it's been one of my prayers. This, my, my, my term's a little different than Moses. He's a little more proper. I've just been saying, God, if you're not in it, I don't want it. God, if you're, not, if you're not in that job, I don't want anything to do with it. God, if you're not in that relationship, I don't want it. God, if you're not in that place, I don't want it. Why? Because God, if you're not in it, I know it ain't good. But we can get caught up in wanting things in our own hearts so much so that we just jump out and we'll go and do something or want something or go get something because we just want it in our hearts and it can lead us to destruction or it can lead us to hurt and pain. And so I've been praying and I'll continue to pray it. God, if you're in it, I'm all about it. But if you ain't in it, I don't want nothing to do with it. Why? Because I know if he's in it, it's good. I know if he's in it, if he's with me, there's joy. There's peace, there's hope, and there's grace. And so he's with us. And this is something we remember as we look back over these last five years. In Joshua chapter 1 and verse 6, we just read it. He also says this, 5 and 6, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. He speaks to us. He sends us. He's with us, but he also protects us. He says no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. And you know, God definitely protects us when, we're, when, when we follow him and we walk with him. He protects us from the things of this world, yes. But you know, one of the greatest things God 
one of the greatest things God protects us from, he protects us from ourselves. I'll never forget. Many of you may know the story. Some of you may not, but I'll never forget. When we were praying, Ashley and I, we, we prayed. We were seeking God about where God would want us to plant a church. Really felt like God was calling us to New Orleans. I'm originally from New Orleans, if you don't know that, but I'm originally from New Orleans. We just felt like God was, gonna, God was sending us to New Orleans to plant a church. And so as we prayed about it, we, we sought the Lord for about six months. We decided to go, and I decided to talk to my pastor, who, who was, I was working for at the time. And the reason why I did that is because I do believe that God puts spiritual authority in our lives to help guide us. I believe that, and I believe everybody should have a pastor and spiritual authority in our lives, even pastors. Pastors should have pastors. And so, and I lived that, and I lived it, and I still do. And so I remember going to him and saying, hey, I'd love to talk with you. Uh, as Asher and I have been praying, we feel like we're called to plant a church. And I'm not saying I want to leave. Uh, he was also my boss, you know what I'm saying? Don't fire me. Um, uh, but I do, I do believe God's asking us to do this. And so I would like for you to start to pray with us about this. And he said, okay. He said, well, where? And immediately he said, where? I said, well, we feel like God's calling us to plant a church in New Orleans. And at that moment, I thought the Holy Spirit was going to open the heavens. I thought literally angels were going to start singing. I thought he was going to start crying. I thought like, you know, it thought this was going to be the greatest moment of ever. And immediately I say New Orleans, he says, I don't feel good about it. I was like, uh... What do you mean? He's like, I don't feel good about New Orleans. I was like, well, the Holy Spirit does. <laughs> I said, we've been praying about it, and the Holy Spirit has spoken to us. He's like, well, I don't think so. I said, well, I do. <laughs> and so we said, well, let's just continue to pray about it, because I said in my heart, Asher and I both did, that we weren't going to do anything unless it was blessed, because we knew God had put him and his wife in our lives to help us, lead us, and guide us. And so Almost three years, we prayed, and we met almost every month, and we said the same conversation. We, we said, how do you feel about New Orleans? And he would say, I don't feel good about New Orleans. And he would ask me, how do you feel about New Orleans? And I would say, I feel great about New Orleans. <laughs> I just thought, true story, I just thought the Holy Spirit was just going to change his mind. The Holy Spirit was just going to put it on his heart, and in things the right timing, it was going to be fine. But that's not what happened. In fact, he was the one that mentioned, and he still brags about that, that he was the one that mentioned, hey, have you ever prayed about going to Tallahassee and planning a church in Tallahassee? Now, I had never been to Tallahassee other than one time to a Miami against Florida State football game. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to a Miami-Florida State football game, but let me tell you something. You people are cuckoo. And so I was like, no, but I, they definitely need Jesus. <laughs> I didn't really say that, but it's true. <laughs> uh, it's funny. Anyways, and so we began to pray about Tallahassee, and we came and we visited a few times, and we began to seek the Lord, and over time, we really felt like God was calling us here. Now, it's interesting because now we're here. Now people will come to our church. We'll have membership meals where people will come to us, and they just think, well, of course, 
You're supposed to be here. Of course, look at what all God is doing and what all he's done in five years. Of course you were sent here. But let me tell you something. All of that would have never happened if God wouldn't have protected me from me. But we have to be willing to submit to his voice. And so it's important for you in your life to know, hey, he's protecting you, yes. But he also may be protecting you from you. When that relationship got cut off and you're so frustrated and asking God why, maybe he's saving you from something. When you, get, when you didn't get the promotion that you thought you deserved and you, you've been seeking, you've been trying, you've been working and you haven't gotten it and you're wondering, God, what are you doing? Maybe God's protecting you. I don't know what he's doing. I'm not God, but I do know this, that he's a God that will protect us even from us. Why? Because he knows what's best for us. Does that make sense? It's so important that we understand this. He's a God that protects and it's a monument that we set up. Also in Joshua chapter one and verse 12. Joshua called together the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh. He told them, remember what God, remember what Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. The Lord your God has given you a place of rest. He has given you this land. Your wives, your children, and livestock may remain here in the land Moses assigned to you on the east side of the Jordan River. But your strong warriors, fully armed, must lead the other tribes across the Jordan to help them conquer their territory. Stay with them until the Lord gives them rest as he has given you rest. Until then, until they, they too possess the land of the Lord your God has given them. Only then may you return and settle here, here on the east side of the Jordan River in the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, assigned you. Check this out. Then he, they answered Joshua and said, We will do whatever you command us, and we will go wherever you go. The incredible thing about the Lord when he sends us and when he speaks to us and he's with us and he protects us, that monument is also that he connects us to the right people. He connects us. When Asha and I moved here, we knew about three people, and they were all college students. And it's been incredible as we look around this room, the difference in, of our ages and the difference of our diversity of our races and the differences of our backgrounds and the differences of our social statuses. And it's all because God has been connecting us and it's an incredible opportunity for us to remember this. I love this as we look at the story of Joshua. These men, he connects them with the right people and they say, hey, we got you. We'll protect you. We'll go wherever you go. And I'm so grateful, hear me. I could never repay everybody, whether you've been, here, you've been serving for a day or you've been serving all five years. I could never repay and I could never overstate my gratefulness for the sacrifices that have been made for people from people in our church that are willing to say, I want to serve, I want to connect, and I want to help other people connect because I want people to see Jesus in, in us and through us. And I'm so grateful that God has connected us because, again, when we connect, we get to show Jesus. And, I'm, again, I'm so grateful for you. I never want to ever take for granted you. See, when we, st we don't stop and remember that God is the one that connects us, what can happen is then we can take for granted each other. And I never want to take you for granted. I never want to take you, if you're just attending this church, I never want to take that for granted. If you're serving this church, I never want to take that for granted. I don't want you to take me for granted. I'm a gift to you. But it's important 
Well, bless God. <laughs> we never want to, we never want to. We never want to take each other for granted. Again, so we know this. Why do we remember this? Because we remember God is the one that has connected us together. So now it's not this, oh, man, I can't believe so-and-so said this and -and so-and-so did that. No, it's, Lord, I'm grateful for so-and-so. Why? Because our differences is, is what makes us stronger as we continue to be who you've called us to be. And it's not perfect. You're never going to find the perfect place. If you've been coming here long enough, you know this is not a perfect place. I'm not, we're, I'm not looking. God's not looking. None of us are looking for perfection. But God is looking for connection with each other. Does that make sense? I'll never forget we were a portable church at Leon High School. Um, what does that mean? It means we were literally setting up and breaking down every single week. Uh, and we would have, have church, and then we would tear it down. We'd put it back in the trailers and go back and, and do it all over again the next week. And I'll never forget one week, uh, the, the, the lady who runs the theater, she emailed me at Leon High School and emailed me and said, hey, our big production is next week. Just, hey, we're grateful for y'all to be able to use the space, but please just don't change any of the lighting settings because all the lighting settings have been has set for the big production next week. I said, no problem, we got you, God loves you, dot, 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 Jesus loves you, dot, 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 I love you, dot, dot, dot. I said, we got it, no problem. They're, we're practicing, we're setting up, and a lot of setup breakdown, you know, is, is you got, it's a plug and place. So you got to plug everything back in, you got to take everything out. So a lot of times things didn't work because we, you're unplugging and plugging things all the time. And so the lighting, the lightings that we had, we were connecting into their system, uh, they wouldn't work correctly that day. And so the little guy who was working on our lighting system that day, one of, the, one of our volunteers, he was trying to work through it and try to figure it out. And so he hits a button, he hits a button, this is during practice, uh, a worship practice, in the before church service, he hits a button and every light in the whole room goes out. Like all the, all the colored lighting, all the auditorium lighting, everything out went at, went at once. So what had happened was he was trying to clear a setting that he had set, but what he actually did was clear the whole board. Yeah. Yeah. It's not always perfect, bless God. We end up figuring it out. They took care of it. We had to, I had to email the lady. We had to help her figure. It was a whole situation. But here's the thing. The reason why I tell you that is, one, because I want you to know, it's not about perfection. It's about us saying, no, we desire to gather together, and we desire to walk and be who God has called us to be and show people the love of Jesus. Amen? All right, let's keep going. He connects us. And then Joshua chapter 3 and verse 3, it says, giving orders to the people, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and a Levitical priest carrying it, you are to move out from your position and follow it. Then you will, follow, then you will know which way to go since you've never been this way before, but keep a distance of what, about 2,000 cubic between you and ark, the Ark. Do not go near. Okay, so when you see the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament was where the presence of God actually resided. Okay, and so these men would carry, uh, one on each corner would carry the Ark of the Covenant, okay, the presence of God. And so what would happen is he says, okay, if you, when you see the Ark, the presence of God moving, I want, you to, I want you to then follow. And so this is another one of the monuments and one of the things we remember about who God is and what he's done is he also guides us, okay? I'm getting a little nervous. 
He guides us, okay? And not only does he just guide us, I love it. It says the scripture in verse 14 that the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. He guides them, but he also, he, he also uh, uh, goes before us. Okay, sorry, not just guides us. So he guides us and he goes before us. And so here it is. So now, here, here's what's incredible. He guides us, meaning this. Now, I don't have to be so caught up in not knowing which way to go. I love that Joshua said, we've never been this way before. I can't tell you how many times when I was praying about planning a church, I'm like, Lord, I've never done this before. I'm clueless. I have no idea. Well, you, you're going to have to help me. You're going to have to lead me. You're going to have to guide me. You've probably prayed the same similar prayers. God, I've never had this position at work. God, you got to help me. God, I've never been in this position in my relationship. You got to help me. God, you got to, God, you got to come and you got to lead me and guide me. And this is the incredible thing about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is one who is here on earth, God on earth, who now leads us and guides us into all truth, the scripture says. And it's so incredible that we get the privilege of walking with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he's here now to help us. We don't have to worry, oh my gosh, I gotta try to figure this out on my own and oh, I gotta do this in my own strength. No, he's here to help us. All we have to be willing to do is allow him to lead. We have to allow him to lead. Joshua chapter three and verse 15 says, it was the harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant touched the water of the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam, which is near Zarathon. And the water below that point flowed onto the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. It's incredible that we see Joshua, these men that are carrying this Ark of the Covenant, they step into the water and the Bible says that it's not instant where they are that God does something. But it's in a town called Adam that's north of them. And it's actually, the, the theologians believe it's, a, it's about 15 miles that it took, it took time for the all, to, all the water to run out, run down, and then they walked on dry ground. It's incredible now, because what does this show us? It shows us that, that he's with us, he's for us, he protects us, but he also, he makes a way for us. God makes a way. Where there seems to be no way, God always makes a way. You may be in a situation in your life and you say, I have no idea what to do. I have no idea what, to, I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills or I don't know how I'm going to, I don't know who my spouse is or I don't know how I'm going to get that position. I don't know what it is, but I do know this. I know that God will make a way. All we have to be is ones that trust him and seek him and follow him. I'll never forget January of 2020, we started looking for a facility because we were portable we started looking for a facility and I came across this facility and I actually met with, our, with, our, with the landlord now and he showed me the facility and we, we'd been talking back and forth for uh, a, a couple months and on March 2nd, we signed the lease. We signed the lease on March 2nd and the very next Sunday, not, no one knew, I didn't know, nobody knew, the very next Sunday would be our very last Sunday to ever be able to meet at Leon High School because of COVID-2019. And what happened was, it's not really COVID 2019, but it's okay. Stop, I'm trying not to laugh. So what happened was, here's what I'm showing you, here's what I'm trying to tell you though, here's what I'm trying to tell you. It's interesting because 
We're just signing a lease to try to say we want to create a different space to have a, something that we could be more permanent. But it was interesting that God was all up in the mix of it because the very next weekend, we had nowhere else to meet. Then obviously for three months, we had to meet online because of COVID. We were meeting online, but then when we were able to come back and meet, we were able to have a space that we met in, and God had orchestrated the whole thing in the perfect timing. I would have never been able to tell you. I remember March, March 8th, I get up in front of everyone in Leon High School, and I say, hey, we rented a facility. We're excited about some renovations. We're going to raise some money. We're going we're to look forward to doing it together, and then there was no more church. And yet God still, it's so incredible that I had no idea that was going to be our last Sunday. And God made a way where he had a space for us that was ready and it was, that was available. And so it's, I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful that God makes a way. And he does it in this church and he does it in your life and he does it in my life. We just have to always continue to trust him and know that he's in control. Amen? It's so, I, 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 anyways, it doesn't matter. Okay, good. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I got too many things to say. Scripture says in John, Joshua chapter 3 and verse 17, the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel, while all Israel passed by until the whole nation and completed, had completed the crossing on dry ground. <laughs> These men take the Ark of the Covenant and they stop the presence of God where he resides. So God stops in the middle of the Jordan River. What does this show us? I love it. It's one that we always remember, we come back to, is that God is the one that's always in the middle of everything. He was, he's always been in the middle. In the highs and the lows, God's always been, he's always been in the I don't know if this is going to, this might fall. I did this different last service. This doesn't look right. I don't feel good about this at all. Okay. Doesn't matter. And God's, in the middle of it all. Listen, through, through the highs of your life, God's in the smack dab middle of it. And the lows of your life, God's in the middle of it. Why? Because again, he'll never leave us and never forsake us. And God's in the middle. We've had incredible stories here. We've had incredible lows here, highs and lows, but God's always been in the middle and he will continue to always be in the middle of what we do. And I love it because we look back over the last five years and we've seen thousands of people Thousands commit their lives or recommit their lives to Jesus. We've seen hundreds of people's hearts healed and lives built up. And I've, we've seen so many families that have uh, their relationships with God have been built up and strengthened through our church. And it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with God. It's not me. It's God building us up, and so it's so incredible, and we always want to be grateful that we know he's always in the middle. We've had people meet in our church and get married, and we've had people meet lifelong friends in our church. And we have so many incredible stories, and it's all because he's been the one that's in the middle of it, and he will continue to be in the middle of it. And I want to encourage you in your life, maybe you're in a season where you, don't, you can't really see what's next, you can't really see what the future holds or you're kind of nervous about what the, 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 the bills may look like next month. I don't know, but I do know this. God's in the middle of it. You put your trust in him and let him take care of the rest. Amen. As I close today, Joshua chapter four and verse 21, then Joshua said to the Israelites, in the future, your children will ask, 
what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, this is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes and kept it dry until you were all across, just as he did at the Red Sea when he dried it up until we had all crossed over. He did this so all the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful so that you might fear the Lord your God forever. I love it. He says that the Lord your God dried up the ground. The children will know. The children will know that the Lord did it. And the last one that we always want to remember and we want to make sure that we, as a stone, as a memorial, we always want to, we want to make sure that we look to is God's the one that gets the glory. That God always gets the glory. I love that Joshua said that everyone would come and see that what the Lord had done. And I'm encouraging you, we are a church that believes in always giving God the glory. The reason why our church is what it is, it's not because of Jordan, it's not because of Ashley, it's not because of some person, it's because of who Jesus is and what he has done in our lives, through in all of our lives. He gets the glory. He will always get the glory. I pray that when you get that promotion, that he's the one that gets the glory. I pray when you lose the job, that he would be the one to get the glory. I pray that when you get that marriage, that you would, you, and you say, I do, that he would be the one to get the glory. I pray when you get that breakup, that he would be the one to get the glory. Why? Because you know that if he's in the middle of it and he's with you, you know it's gonna be good. And so we're willing to say, no matter what we walk through, no matter what we face, God, you are the one that will always get the glory. This is why we're gathering tonight, gathering as a, as a church to worship, not just so that we can give ourselves something else to do, not so we can just have the, the, the worship team feel like they're rock stars. Some of them think they are, but that's okay. I'm kidding. But we're doing it, we're gathering because we wanna stop as a church, as a body. We wanna stop at the five-year mark and say, okay, God, we're so grateful for all you've done. And God, we wanna give you glory. We want to give you honor for just a few moments on a Sunday evening. And so I would encourage you, I would love for you to come back tonight as we celebrate and as we honor Jesus and we honor the Lord. But I just want to be a church that we never, ever give the attention to a person. We never give the, the light, the, we never shine the light on, a, on an organization, but that we always give the attention and shine the light on Jesus because he's the one that is worthy of all of our praise, because he's the one that does exceedingly and abundantly all we could ever ask or think. He is the one that is good, and he is the one who will continue to lead us and guide us to be and do what he's called us to do. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me today as we pray? God, thank you so much for the privilege.